you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and just thought, yeah, we'll just stay in bed and we'll watch it online. <laughs> you and I have never done <laughs> We've that. We've never done that. Uh, or, or maybe let's just not go to church. Uh, we are in a series on apathy, and sometimes apathy can creep into our church habits as well. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be talking about today here at Life Talks. I'm Ben. I'm here with Dan. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship Church in Cornelius. We've talked about apathy in marriage, apathy at work, apathy in our spiritual disciplines. And today we're talking about apathy at church. Dan, why do you think it's important for us to talk about apathy at church? Well, I honestly believe that being a part of a church is part of spiritual discipline. It's also yeah. part of obedience. Mm-hmm. I believe this. If you're a believer and you're not regularly part of, connected to serving in and regularly attending a church, you are not walking with God the way that you should be. You mm. are in disobedience. I want to make that really, really clear. And by the way, going out in the woods and taking a walk and worshiping there is not going to church. <laughs> Literally saw that on on a on a social media feed long ago. This is my church this morning. My worship service is a walk through the woods with God. And what no, did you say? I, I didn't say anything, but I wanted to say, no, what you did was you walked through the woods and you prayed, <laughs> but you didn't go to church. And well, because the church is the gathering of the body of Christ. It is. It and is. it's not I think everything that what that person said expresses what is wrong with I think our mentality towards church because we walk into the we walk into our church gatherings with an expectation of what what do you have for me today? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And that's kind of like the, the theme I wanted to bring to this conversation with you, Ben, is that apathy in church is usually a reflection that something about our expectations mm. and about our our participation is off kilter. Yeah. And and so the apathy is born of incorrect thinking. Yeah, um, I was gonna I was just gonna I'm gonna ask you. Where do you think the apathy comes from? You said incorrect thinking. Are there any other sources where you think like, where does this apathy come from when it comes to the church? Well, I mean, it, it, it sometimes it comes from routine, mm. and and again, we live in a society that sees adrenaline as a normal drug of choice. Mm. Where if we're not getting wowed, if we're not getting thrilled, if we're not if if we're not given goosebumps with every experience and the problem with that is it takes more every time to get the same level of thrill yeah, yeah. um and when we when we bring that to our marriages when we bring that to work when we bring that to church when we bring that to our daily walk with god we're setting ourselves up for failure and for apathy and for appetites that cannot be met mm. without manipulation or we'll yeah. walk away from them yeah i think that's I think that's really important to understand that sometimes our expectations and our understanding of what the role of our gathering as a church is, if you believe it's for this experience, then yeah, you're you're going to be let down and you're going to be one of these people that hops from church to church to church to find that yeah. next fix yeah, or that you're, ne- you're chasing you're yeah. chasing the experience. Yeah. I think I think sometimes apathy at church could come from um, a number of things. I think, like you said, anytime there's mundane, I think it's easy to to do that. I think that, you know, going back to my previous episode and thinking about this idea of, you know, losing the wonder, losing the desperation, losing the hunger, I think sometimes we we can get apathetic about church because we just, um, 
we forget the why, like I mentioned before. There's a there's a why why is it important for me to gather? Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people, especially people that have grown up in the church, it's I do it because I should do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because my parents took me to church and it's mm-hmm. good to see people and it's good to worship God. Like we can give the answers, but many times we've never been in a place where we where we couldn't yeah. go to church. Yeah. You know? Well, when we come to church with with me at the reason. Mm. At the at the seat, then then we've got an issue. It, think how it would change if everybody said, "I'm going to church this morning because there I'm going to, mm. I'm going to greet somebody. I'm mm. going to look for someone I can pray with. I'm going to offer worship to the Lord. Mm. I'm going to give my gifts. Mm. I'm going to encourage someone. Mm. I'm going to learn something that I can share with someone else this week. When we go in that way, we'll always find it. Yeah. But if we go with, I'm here, make me laugh, make me smile, <laughs> make me get goosebumps, make me feel better about myself. When we come with that attitude, then you will walk away many times frustrated because life is never all about us. When you when you do that into and do it in a marriage, when it's like, well, I need to have my med, med, needs met. I need to have this done for me. I need to mm-hmm. need to be felt special and unique. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you do that uh, long enough, you're you're going to become disillusioned and dissatisfied. Yeah, I um I had lunch with a young man in our church. He just got back from uh, spending a year in a foreign country at uh, doing a uh, you know year long. Uh, Work work project, uh, and and he I we just I want to ha- see how his experience went, and we were talking over lunch, and um, I asked him about his church experience over there because it's not a primarily evangelical country. Um, it's in Europe, but it's still very you know secular, and so even walking through some of the cultural issues, one of the things that was really interesting is I asked him. I said, "So what what did you learn about God and about church in your experience over there?" And he said, you know what? The number one thing I can say is that church became like family to me. Mm. And because I learned, like, it was the highlight of my week. Because all week long, you're in this environment where, um, you know, it's not comfortable. And and you don't, you know, you're not in the speaking your own native language. You're in a different country. And um, the, the culture is just much different. And so to walk into this environment, and he went to an international church where there are people from all over the world there. And... He just said it was like we'd spend hours together. We, you know, we'd go to church, and then we'd have a meal afterwards, and then we'd hang out afterwards at someone's house. It was like it was like this oasis of of relationships and love and connection. And I just think about, man, that is when you think about what's missing in most churches today. It's this experience of church as family that we're supposed to have the sense of connection, belonging, love, and many times we treat it like. We're going through the shopping aisle at at the grocery store mm-hmm. because hey, well, I'm, I need something this week, and I need mm-hmm. you know what I mean. As opposed to, man, I'm here to gather. I'm here to love. I'm here to experience the body of Christ. I'm here to experience the one and others. I just think I'm so I was so encouraged by this young man's experience because I think that's never going to leave him. And and not, I, I think we got to be very careful to always think of like, I need the ideal all the time. But what I do think it, that experience did was just to open up his mind to say, I'm n- I'm not coming to church just to get something. I want to go to church. I want to be a part of the Sunday morning gathering to give something. Yeah. And I think that is a, that's a fundamental shift in mindset that if you can approach the gathering as from 
what am I getting to what am I giving? Mm -hmm. I think that will change the way that you think and experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have to, we have to understand that the church relationship is unique and it does not fit into a lot of other traditional models. It's not a business. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's not a, it's not a hospital, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's not a a government and it's, and it's, it's a spiritual family, but at the same time, it's different than a family because in a, in a family, the focus isn't on dad, right? but in a church, the focus ought to be on our heavenly father. So there's, you know, the, the analogies break down after part and we, we have to be careful that we're not superimposing expectations we have for other institutions on that of yeah. the church. The other thing, though, that I think we need to be aware of, it, we're really spoiled to live in America, and we're really spoiled to live in this generation. Mm. Um, you know, in many communities, in the earliest days of the church, there was one church in the entire community. Mm. Um, even in the earlier days of this country, there were churches in neighborhoods. You know, you go into the old neighborhoods of America and you find churches all scattered throughout neighborhoods. Yeah. And none you of them, walk to them. Yeah. None of them had parking lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few people drove because yeah. people didn't own cars. Right, they right. walked to church and it was a community yeah. aspect of it. Uh, today, uh, you know, when I drive when I drive to work, I drive by five or seven, no, seven at least seven churches. Wow, I drive by. Wow, yeah, in in eight miles. Wow. So that's and you, you know that's not all that unusual when you live in a suburban area. Yeah, and we so we have all these choices. Uh, I have more choices to choose from than I do um, department stores or you know. <laughs> you know. So in, in reality, we start approaching that. So the first time something doesn't go our way or the first time we get a little bored or the first time uh, we find something more exciting down the road, like, uh, you know, gas is cheaper or, hmm. or uh, you know, they got something on sale. I switch stores. We switch churches. And in doing so, um, I don't go to a store with the idea that I'm going to give them anything other than my money and I'm getting a service back from that mm. or a supply back mm. from that. When I come to church, I don't have an expectation that I get something I come to give. Now, if I often do get something. I get encouraged by others, but that's not why I go. That's right. And so, you know, apathy <clears throat> uh, settling in on us may be more of a reflection of our expectation than what's going on at yeah. the church. Yeah, I I think um, a big thing. I wrote down. I actually wrote down three questions that I think everyone needs to answer. And one of the we just talked about the first one. What where do you what are you getting or what are you giving? The second one I had was how do you prepare for church? Oh, that's good. Because I think if you just don't think about church all day, all week long, and then you just you wake up and it's routine and you just, if there's no thought or preparation for it, then yeah, you're not going to get, you know, the, 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 your experience with gathering is not going to be all that it could be. You know, it's kind of like you can tell when people prepare for something, you know, your preparation for something will help determine how much you really enjoy that thing. You know, so when when it comes to preparation, what would you say are a couple things that we could do? I've got a couple things I'd like to share, but what are some things that you would say? Hey, if you're going to prepare for church in the right way, here's what I would do. What would you say? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I think one of the things is identify one way in which you can contribute to the the fact that you're at the church. Okay, whether that is you know today uh, I'm I'm going. Uh, with the idea that I'm gonna I'm gonna pray with someone, mm. or I'm going to 
volunteer in an area, mm-hmm. that I'm going to stay a little longer or arrive a little earlier mm. so that I can engage with someone. Yeah. Uh, I'm going because I want to give. I'm going because, mm. um, you know, take a pen and your Bible and a notebook yeah. with the idea that I'm going to I'm going to write some things down that I can meditate on later. Yeah. So yeah. I think those are all intentional. Yeah. I think another thing I would say, and these are super practical, but I would go to bed early on Saturday night. I know that sounds weird. No. But, but but I would say, you know, get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is lay out all the clothes on Saturday night. Don't worry about ironing or what everyone's going to wear. Like, especially if you've got a family with small children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, my wife was the one who basically carried that load because as a pastor, I was not there on Sunday mornings. But, you know, do do the prep time so that, hey, here's what I know. when When you have work and when you have school, the chances of you being late to those things are very rare because there's, you know, there's penalties for, mm-hmm. for going late, but there's routines. You get up at this time, everyone has to eat their, you know, cereal at this time. You know what I mean? Like there's this thing that you do. And then when it's like, when it comes to church, we don't prep for anything. It's, we're just haphazard and we're throwing things together and, oh, well, let's forget it. We'll just watch it online. And you're like, no, just prepared. It, it just mm-hmm. takes a little bit of time, just like you would prepare for school or work or something else. And it will reduce the chance for conflict that morning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because how many people, and we've all been there. I mean, let's be honest, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, something something falls apart in our routine on Sunday morning. Somebody yeah. gets late, somebody throws up, some, you know, something weird happens. And and then by the time you get to church, you're literally at each other's throats. And then you yeah. open the doors and you put on the fake smile. <laughs> yeah, we have all been there, right? Absolutely. So I think I think prepping for church in a way that you're not running around like a chicken with its head cut off the night before, that is really important. Um, The other thing I would say is pray. Like, you know, every week we send out an email. It usually goes out every Thursday. And um, Ben and our communications director will will put a little write-up. Here's the passage that that we're going to be preached on this Sunday. Can you imagine if if every person— um, really took the time, read that passage, prayed through that passage, spent a little time studying that passage. You know, one of the things that we do every single Sunday, we have in our in our liturgy, in our order of worship, is a we we have a moment of silence, a meditation to say we're going to read the Word of God, we're going to be silent. I want you to meditate on this passage, uh, and in the the philosophy behind that is we want you to hear from God before you hear from a man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think that's just really important, and so. Imagine though if if the majority of of our churches knew the passage of scripture that's going to be preached on because again we get that beforehand spend a few days reading contemplating meditating studying man when you are gathering it's like oh I can't wait to mm-hmm. to, to 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 learn about this I remember um I think I've shared this experience before but one of the things we did about back in 2010 with my old church was I preached over the entire Bible in one year. Hmm. And what I did was I said, I'm going to have you, we had a Bible reading schedule that encouraged everyone to read between 20 and 25 chapters every week. And I would preach over that 20, 25 chapters. And it was all laid out. We gave people all the information they needed. But that year was one of the most unique experiences of church I've ever had. Because I would say a good 50% of our people actually read the Bible because they were encouraged to, they, they wanted to learn about it. And a lot of them had never read the Bible before. 
And when they came into the church service, I remember hearing, I mean, I would be walking down the hallway getting to, to the, where we were, because it was, a, it was a portable church, to the gym I was preaching in, and I could hear conversations of people talking about what was, I mean, they were talking about the Word of God. Mm. They were talking about, man, I read this, and so they would stop me, I, I'm wondering how you're going to talk about this this week. And when you have that kind of personal investment in your heart's preparation for engaging with the Word of God, I promise you the teaching will be so much more dynamic, not because the teacher is more dynamic, but because you are your heart is so much more receptive to learning and and understanding what God's word says. Mm. So I think those are those are all things that I think are important that you can do to for for preparation. Yeah. So I would add one more to that. Okay. <clears throat> and it kind of goes back to the go to bed early. Yeah. But I would say set set your alarm 15 minutes sooner then you plan on setting it. Mm. There's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, you don't want to be super rushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, you don't want to be late. Mm. Um, and number three is if you come early, you're going to have more opportunity to, to connect. Absolutely. I see people who come in 10 minutes after the service starts. Mm-hmm. Because they come in late, they sit in the back, and they're the first ones out the door. And they feel, oh, I don't feel connected to the church. Well, no wonder. You didn't have a chance to get to meet somebody, yeah. to grab a cup of coffee, meet somebody in line, yeah. chat, uh, sign up for something, mm. get information on something. Mm. Here, here's the reality. If you're like me, it doesn't matter what time your alarm rings, whether it's 5 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> when the alarm gonna rings, you're going to be grouching about it. Oh, I can't believe I can get up. Or whatever. Not so, me. I naturally wake up at 5.15. Yeah, but you've got other serious <laughs> issues. Be, be worse I'm just than teasing. That. I'm just teasing. Yeah, but you do wake up early. You're, I do wake up early, but not that early. Well, you're but, still a freak. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but you, you know, you're going to gripe. Until you get in the shower. Yeah. Until, until, there's so not you, much difference between 7.15 and 7.30. There just Except isn't. a whole lot less stress by the time that you're walking out the door. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I, I tell people that all the time who are chronically late for work, you know, particularly, you know, working with a lot of young people I do. And they're like, just, <laughs> dude, set your alarm. And and I am a firm believer. I don't I don't believe in ever using snooze alarms. I do not use them. Yeah. Like, think they're of Satan, you know, because once you get into the habit of hitting a snooze alarm, yeah, you'll do you that just, for hours. Exactly. So, but, but, you know, and you say, well, those are just so practical, but sometimes, you know, the practical could be profound if you practice it. Yeah. I think if the, the, I think the key idea is intentionality. If you're intentional with it and, and you're not just passive with it, I think you can kickstart and, and overcome some of the apathy. And you just mentioned the last question, you know, the first question was, um, is your pro- is your posture what are you what are you getting or is it what are you giving? The second mm-hmm. one was how do you are are you preparing for it? The third one is how many connections do you have? Yeah, I, I think you just talked about connections. Um, whether it's you're connected to a ministry, I mean, you and I both know that there are ministries within the the body that when you are connected to it, whether you know it's Jason's team or some of the first impressions team or Rebecca's team on a Sunday morning or the prayer team, whatever it is. You see the relationships, you see the connections, mm-hmm. and there's something about relationships. Um, even going back to that young man's testimony, you, relationships drive so much in life. And when you are looking forward to seeing people that you don't get to see all week, or it might be, you know, your life community, um, there, there, there are multiple ways that you can have connections with people. And if you just kind of don't pursue or are not intentional with connections. Your church experience is again; it's going to be very limited, and it's not going to fulfill the 
it's not going to be all that it could be. Yeah. So, and I think adding to that would be while you're at church, make a plan for connection sometime during the week. Mm. Uh, it could be I'll see a Bible study, yeah. uh, you know, ladies on Tuesday morning, or men I'll see you next Saturday morning at at Iron Man Coffee, or I'll see you Wednesday night at Life Group. Um, or or I'll, I'll tell you an old-fashioned one that I think we've lost the art of this. I hope you're going to say what I think you're going to Go saying. to lunch afterwards. Go to lunch afterwards. Or, you know, we used to have evening church. We'd go to Dairy Queen and, and get an ice cream <laughs> yeah, cone, and yeah. we beg Dad, please, yeah. here we go. I mean, I just remember how many great conversations we've had with people over the over the years. I remember as a pastor's kid growing up, um, and we would go to Shoney's after church because it was right Man, down the you road. Were slumming it. <laughs> <laughs> what Waffle House wasn't open? Well, let me just tell you, it was probably the nicest Shoney's I've ever been to because it was in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, and it was like Ooh, it was uppity. Uppity. Okay, it was an uppity Shoney's. Remember when Shoney's had all the bacon you could eat? Yeah, yes, that's that why we went there. Was, was and I've, I've never. I'm just telling you. Just this is a sidetrack story. I ate 30 pieces of bacon one time. I was like eight years old, and I I was violently ill for about yeah, I bet pre- you redecorated the back seat of your car <laughs> I, on the oh, way man, home. it was pretty bad, man. But I'll never forget. I had thirty pieces of bacon. You know what I call thirty pieces of bacon? Lunch. An appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how to solve your apathy <laughs> at, at your church. church. <laughs> oh, bacon, man! I think I think we've stumbled upon something. Um, hey, these, these have been this has been a great conversation. I hope that uh, you've enjoyed listening to this. I hope it stirred in some thoughts. Listen, I think anything that we've done for a long time uh, on, on a regular basis can can fall into the mundane, into the apathetic. And I pray, we pray that God would stir in your heart to re- refresh and renew your commitment to the body of Christ, that knowing that it, it can be s- such a greater experience than maybe what you're experiencing right now. And uh, we pray to God that that God invigorates your heart to remember he's the audience he has he has a plan for what he wants to do in your life to make you like christ and church is a huge part of that thanks again for listening to us at life talks we'll talk to you next time you've been listening to life talks be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode share this podcast on facebook instagram and twitter to let your friends and family know about life talks We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.